Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which uh, one of you uh, would most likely have a uh, an old acquaintance, uh, specifically a fraudster uh, I named Max Murlock? I would have a fraudster acquaintance. Okay. But I Absolutely not. Move things that you need to be moved that you don't want people to know about. How did sneak gray face? So, so are you and Max actually friends, or are you sort yeah. of pure acquaintances? Acquaintances. Okay. And how did you two meet? I he was the person for whom I was doing a job. There, one of the houses wanted something that they could use for needed for something else, and so I was the person they hired to move the thing so that it was still under the table so that the other houses wouldn't know about it. Okay. And he was the person that from whom I was getting the things. And then even outside of that specific job, I've done random if he's trying to sell things or if he's trying to fence he's things. He's kind of a con artist. Yeah. So he does, you know, a little bit of everything. And so I move things when he needs it and he has the coin for it. Okay. Now let me give you guys just a little bit of information about where we are. Um, so, if you're not familiar with Eberron, right, um, it is a, uh, it's a D&D setting that is separate from the Forgotten Realms. It doesn't exist in the same, you know, Multiverse. Yeah, it is. It's part of the multiverse, but it's not. You know what I mean? It, it, it's very. Dis- it's distinct from Faerun and the Forgotten Realms and everything like that. Its own show. It has its own, like, planes of existence and like its own sort of rules and stuff like that. So, um, it is a. Thank you. It is a. It's a it's a magical world where everything is suffused with at least a little bit of rudimentary magic, magic powering um, various technologies and things like that that allow, I mean the Warforged for instance, um, airships, uh, the dragon marks that manifest in certain houses' bloodlines. Um, The more I, I was I was vaguely familiar with Eberron, but the more that I read about Eberron, the more I realize that uh, La Marasma is just Eberron again, <laughs> but in a in a Western setting as opposed to a fantasy. A little bit setting. more modern. Yeah. Um, so so an important thing to know is that Eberron is like swashbuckling adventure with a kind of a neo noir sort of intrigue, and just sort of mushing those together right um, these are you know these are uh, this continent Corvair has got five nations in it one of which was basically utterly destroyed by a great magical cataclysm during the a war that ended four years ago and lasted for a century so you know um, called the last war I mean that's you know they're they're, be, they're being very very hopeful with the naming of the war. <laughs> the, the joke about 20s. me meeting a uh, time traveler from 
No nineteen ten. Oh, thank. Uh, so tell me how the how the world has been since our uh, the end of our last cataclysmic war. Oh, you mean World War One? Yeah, the Great War. What? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> um, so these five nations are in the sort of an uneasy truce slash cold war with each other. They are scared into. Um, this kind of submission truce, this cold war, because they're worried that what happened to the nation of Sire is going to happen to the rest of them if they continue waging like openly magical war with each other. They have suspicions about why it happened. They don't really understand it. It's called the mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Um, but um, so they they work. They use their soft power. You know, to try to try to get things done, right? To try to improve their own standing, their own uh, uh, wealth, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, at the expense of the other nations, basically. Um, and so, accordingly, this world operates a little more under. Everyone is usually motivated by simpler concerns than sort of good and evil. Like there are not really there are not really hard alignments, with the exception of like this creature is literally from the underworld. You know, most people are just either they're greedy, they're self interested, they're wrathful, they're whatever. They have sort of complex motivations, and um, the Last war having just, you know, quote-unquote ended, leaving a lot of tension and everything like that. So it's a more, more quote-unquote realistic sort of emotional landscape than, say, your traditional medieval fantasy kind of game, where there are clear good guys and clear bad guys and, and everything like that. Um, if if it's in D&D, it's probably an Eberron, but the... the Importance of it or the prevalence of it may be different, different depending. Right. Uh, an important thing to know, trying to get you an idea of in this world, is that magic in this world is like an everyday thing, like basic cantrips and like first level spells. A bunch of people know them. They get employed as a means of like, you know, uh, lighting the streets. Like they'll cast continual flame on a lantern, you know. And that lights the streets, and then at the end, at the end of the day, people come by and like pull a shade down or something to to keep them from burning, and, like to keep them from shining all night. Right? Um, they have a, a sort of rudimentary, um, a, like a, a train system that's powered by bound elementals, you know, called the lightning rail. Um, Instead of using like a flamey elemental to boil water. They have airships that either have an air or a fire elemental sort of bound to it in a ring around it that allows it, creates this kind of motive force that pushes the airships through. Right? They use speaking stones. They created the Warforged, which are uh, sort of, not robots exactly, they're sentient creatures, but they're constructs made of like metal and wood and glass and, you know, all this stuff. They were bred for the war. Uh, now there was a there was a big treaty, and basically they said, no more making Warforged, and also all the Warforged are free free people now. Um, free the slaves. Well, well, 
that, but then mix in a little bit of like post World War One, where it's like, I came back from the war. What do I do in society? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Warforged were created to to fight, to fight, to to, fight. to participate in that conflict. And now that conflict's not there anymore. It is this sort of empty kind of this emptiness, this sort of recalibration of your expectations about what what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. in society. Um, now, because we play in La Marasma, you may, you may wonder, well, how is this different than that? Well, Ebron is more sort of fantasy-oriented, right? Guns are not a thing. You know, like firearms, and like, like traditional firearms are not a thing. Um, there aren't any uh, vehicles in terms of like, like an automobile or something like that. That's not a thing. People still use, they either walk they use horses they use carts driven by like carriages driven by horses um teleportation spells are a thing but they're expensive um resurrection spells expensive greater restoration expensive right and only a few people you know only a handful of people as in sort of the basic D world really know how to do that there's a lot of basic knowledge of magic. Yes. There's a lot less. The way that they put it is that magic is higher. magic is wide but not tall. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. In fact, there's a, a type of person in, you know, the world of of Eberron called uh, mage rites, and mage rites are basically like magical um, clerks and business people and stuff like that. They know a couple of cantrips and maybe a first level spell or two and they utilize those to provide services to people. Right. And that they're not, they're not wizards. They just, it's just magic is so, yeah, uh, such an everyday thing that they just know a couple of things and they use that in their trade. Everyone's kind of a mild sorcerer. I wouldn't say everyone, but it's common enough that, yeah. Probably more wizard than sorcerer. Well, as they get, like, since magic might be so ingrained basically like technology, yeah. into the world, it Could might be, be yeah. a little bit, like... Hmm. Like, you could go into a shop and, in it, like, in a major city and purchase a common magic item and just, you know, you don't have to worry about it. It's just there. might be sorcerers who become trained wizards. Um, in that sense. Some houses have arcane locks on their doors, but those, they can afford it. Right, you know, uncommon magical items. You could probably purchase them in a major city, still, but still selection's going to be limited. Quantity's going to be limited. And you're right? able to afford it. Um, people are familiar with teleportation and raised dead, but few people have ever seen either of those things actually performed. Right? Does that because to give you a kind of an idea of how magic scales? Right? Cantrips and first level spells are commonplace. Oh. Cup- there are some mage rites and dragon marked heirs who can do second and third level spells. Those services can be bought, but not cheaply. Yeah. And then anything fourth through fifth and beyond is most people are not gonna yeah. like experience that in their lifetime, mm. right? Unless they come into a lot of money, or they're just in the right place at the right time. Yeah, right. Just have, if the right house probably has a fourth or higher fifth. An example of a matrite is a launderer, right? They know mending and prestidigitation, mm. and they use it on fabric to yeah. you know clean stuff up. That's Chefs know purify food and drink and general repose. They're good with cooks' tools and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So Are you calm down now. That's fine. So imagine that the world is in tone like a 
a, a, a pulpier basic D&D, right? You know, mm-hmm. with maybe some, some very rudimentary technology, but <clears throat> stuff that makes sense with respect to magic and not quote-unquote science or engineering, mm-hmm. right? They don't have steam trains. They have trains powered by elementals, mm-hmm. right? They don't have airships, coal or hydrogen or anything like that. They use elementals, right? They don't have phones. They have speaking stones that, you know, are like basically the equivalent of like... Uh, Hello. Uh, walkie-talkies. Yeah, not, not walkie-talkies, but... Uh, oh, no. Um, Almost pagers. I'm trying to remember exactly how they, they worded it. Not 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 telecoms like the uh... everyday magic. So, like a telegraph. Yeah, that's right. That's... So I say that stuff yeah. just to calibrate your expectations, right? Yeah. So not La Marasma level like Victorian industrial stuff, but you know. Magitech. Mag- Magitech, 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 yeah. yeah. With it to a certain degree of of sophistication. Um, the world of Eberron, which is named after one of the three sort of primordial dragons that created all the planes of existence. There's Eberron, which is the dragon between, and then there's S something or other. Uh, let me see if I can remember what the fucking name is. Um, let me get to the... Here, uh, Sybaris, the dragon above, and then Kyber, the dragon below. Those are like the sort of three sort of folds of like the material plane, right? You know, there's celestial stuff, devil stuff, you know, the world of... And there are 13 other planes of existence like uh, Dalcor, the region of dreams, um, Lamania, the twilight forest, etc., etc., etc. And in Eberron, which is, you know, like a a proper planet like like Earth or whatever, however they say it. Um, in in traditional D&D fantasy stuff is there's a continent called Corvair Corvair is where most of the action in Eberron happens there are other like other countries basically that occupy like other continents and stuff like Zandrik and all these other places but that's not relevant to what we're doing right now in Corvair again several nations Corvair C-H sorry K-H O-R V-A-I-R-E. Okay. Um, so in Corvair, the, the continent, right, uh, there, is, there are a couple of different like nations. There's sort of like the five nations, as I mentioned, who are sort of the big players. And then there are some other places like um, like Droam is not really recognized yet. It's sort of like a, a country of monsters exclusively, right? Um, anyway, you guys are in, you're in Brayland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brayland, and you are in the great city of Sharn, which you may have heard of before. It's from Brayland. B R E land. The uh, the Braylish are known for their pragmatism and independence. You said we're in Shard? Sharn. Sharn. 
S-H-A-R-N. Now that city is the largest metropolis in the entire continent. Uh, it's called the city of Towers because um, the way that it's situated on the coastline is that there are mountains sort of ringing it around, and so it's, it was impossible for them to expand outward, and so instead they went up. And so uh, Sharn, because of its population, because of its sophistication in terms of like just sheer development, is practically a nation in it, in and of itself, right? In the same way that if you go to Neverwinter, like it's practically a place itself, even though it's part of the Sword Coast and blah blah blah. blah. Sounds right. vaguely Japanese, kind of the same idea. Yeah. Not a lot of real estate, so I have to go. Exactly, up. they have to go up. Yeah. Um, deals get done here. Spies work. Houses feud. Like this is. You know, this is a nation. It's, 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 it's basically a it's, it's a nation city, yeah. Um, and it's a series of again spiraling towers and huge architecture and things like that that are, you know, shooting upward. And there are bridges and walkways snaking through, connecting everything. Um, there are uh, in Sharn. There are basically there are several tiers. Chiefly, there are three of them. There's of course the lower, the middle, and the upper cities. Right. Oh, yes, the Cloud District. Mm. Now, they have literally a, a Cloud District. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's called Skyway, Please which, which is see. literally, it's like for the ultra-rich. It's built on actual sort of magical like cloud cover, basically, so that they never even have to like go down to the lower part of the city. And, uh, and the upper city of Sharn is not like, that's not, you know the Ozark Mountains or whatever. It's like already pretty damn rich people live in the upper city. And then beyond that are the people in Skyway, right? Do they still throw their waste out of the windows? Well, I guess we'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then there's stuff going on below them. There are lava pools way underneath the crust and cogs and depths and blah, blah, blah. But that's not going to be important for you right now. Um... So depending on where you are and depending on what district you're in, if you think about it, like the districts are layered horizontally and then lower, middle, upper. So you can have, let's say you have the district of Dura, which is sort of on the western side. You could have lower Dura or middle Dura Mm -hmm. or upper Dura. You see how that works? Mm -hmm. And depending on the district, like... Dora is like maybe a little less well off than say the central plateau, right? So lower Dura, um, uh, so so middle Dura, right, may be equivalent to like lower central plateau in terms of like the people there, the money that moves through there, the architecture, like you you you, you see what I mean? But generally speaking, as you move up, the richer, more sophisticated people, okay, they get. Because they can afford to live up there. Scuttlecorn, just. And that's 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 really all you all you need to know to start with. And I I only belabored that because you'll be moving like just to give you districts. an idea of like yeah. not only moving between districts but you're also moving up and down vertically. Right? And just because you're in the middle doesn't mean that it's exactly the same like the middle somewhere else. Right, the middle of one district. Maybe will will be tonally different, visually different, you know, uh, economically different, socially different than 
other, in the middle of the other districts. Right? Okay. Okay. So, what is the kind of the district? The most creme-de-la-creme. Yeah. Maybe not even well to do, but busiest. Well. No, I would mean the most well-to-do. Like, well that would be important to know. <coughs> and I'm assuming excluding Sky. Well, yeah, Sky, well, Skyway would Sky's be... Sky's its own... If you talked about how some districts, their middle and their high would be higher than this person's middle and high. And God, if there that. was a specific, like, everybody knew that this was the deal, or if it just kind of fluctuates. Generally speaking, it's the Central Plateau. Okay. It's the safest place in the city because it's literally it's in the right center. The city. the city watch headquarters is there. Like, you know, okay. Merchants, city councilors, barons, ambassadors—they're all there. Generally, in the central plateau. Okay. And again, the higher you get, like so, lower central plateau is like a peaceful residential neighborhood, right? And then upper central is like where the Kudarak bank vaults. You know, like it's the financial district, right? Okay. Whereas Dura on the west is the oldest quarter of Sharn, and it's basically like riddled with poverty and crime. You know, yeah, cracks in the stones, the enchantments that have played places earlier have just like not been bothered to be renewed. You know, who cares about the historical? Probably district. the most dangerous section of the city. Okay. Um, and of course, above the central plateau is even Skyway, yeah, yeah. which is like for the ultra rich, the one percent. That's for like Jeff Bezos's, or not even the one percent, like the point one percent. I said the one percent. Correct. Do I need to have you reference my sheets? <laughs> you want to I'm, die? I'm prepared to get smited. <laughs> you want to die in character creation? No. I can just make. I like that happen. Let's do it. Traveler. So, C. Yeah. Your acquaintance, Max Murloc. He's kind of a son of a bitch. He is. <laughs> yes. You know Max Murloc to be a um, a human male on the younger side. Okay. Close cropped hair, chin beard, right? Um, not like Lincoln, but like, you know, sort of close cut Um, he uh, likes to when he when he's in the money he likes to dress well he likes the ladies you know he is a a braggadocio and a con man he likes to live above his means yes and um, he recently got in contact with you he says that he's in a bit of a bond (laughs) uh, which is not that's not unusual to you um, and he needs um, all the help that he can get that he ensures will be worthwhile for you and anyone else who can sort of band Bring together to take care of this. So uh, he asked you and any people you could sort of round Find. up to, to, to help to meet uh, in a, uh, a bar down in Middle Memphis. Okay. Uh, Did you say Middle Memphis? Memphis. Memphis. I heard M-E-N-T-H-I-S. Not Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. Let's say Memphis exists. Middle Memphis. Like, I just found out that Soul Eater is set in Nevada. Right. Like, literally, it's Nevada. 
Memphis, Egypt, Egypt, too, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, did he give me any details about what he needs? I mean, as far as he knows, I just move things. Uh, he was he was loath to say anything <coughs> detailed in sort of in in a, in a more public environment. Um, the the bar that you're going to is sort of a kind of hole in the wall place. There wouldn't be a whole lot of people, and if they were. They would be either drunk or minding their own damn business, and so it was. He felt it was more comfortable just to sort of bring everybody together, meet, and then break. Um, he seemed to, based on the the tenor of the conversation you had with him, he seemed like he was kind of in over his head on this one. No problem. Also not uncommon. <laughs> All right, and as far as the rest of you guys, what are your professions? Like, how might I have known? How might I have interacted with you? Soldier from the war, always looking for work. I kind of probably turned to... Hired muscle. Well, that and, like, back alley doctor as a result. I've had to drop a lot of these for Leon tonight. Okay, so you... Muscle. I might be the muscle. We can have multiple muscles. Multiple muscles is probably a good idea. (laughs) Given that I am not a muscle, I would probably be aware of multiple of you if either of you are willing to do less than... We'll do extra legal jobs at times. My personality trait is I'm rude to people who lack my commitment to hard work and fair play. So... So, probably know you through somebody else. (laughs) I think it's likely that... I have helped you or worked with you before because I'm sure not everything that I am acquiring for the people I work for is always legal. I know it seems lame because I work for a library, but... I mean, sometimes libraries need bad books. Sometimes, yeah. Banned books. There you go. (laughs) Banned books. Or, you know, maybe I'm just stealing that sacred book from that church because I need it. So The only copy of this really rare book is in this, you know family's house and you have to go in there and get it. Just have to get it, man. Because I gotta get it. (laughs) That or they're just very strict on their return policy. Maybe. (laughs) They're just hoarding all the copies of And I can imagine that I would have interacted with you because you're actually you're an official courier for one of the houses. Yeah. And I am the unofficial courier for all of the houses. (laughs) (laughs) And you would have found out I'm a forced adventurer. Did he hear you? Okay. So. I just reacted poorly to me trying to move him out. How did he sit? Who would have the most likely awareness of Lenny? Uh, probably me, because there was probably some interaction between the guilds. Okay. That makes sense to me. Cool, cool. So I think we figured out all of the connections. Good. Great. Let's show my comments. So, because you might have missed some of it, they would be hired muscle at times for protection sure. of jobs, steelbooks for the library, and as the unofficial courier, it's very likely I would work with the official courier of a house in regards to some of the things that I move for the houses. Okay. But what about Lenny? Lenny would know. Um, I see. So you know them by, by a way. Yeah. yeah. Friend of a friend. Got it. Okay. So... 
The lot of you are there in Middle Memphis, which is one of the most diverse wards in Sharn. Um, one street, maybe a row of uh, halfling homes, and another might be orcs from the Shadow Marches to the west. You know, it's a uh, it's one of the most melting pot esque sort of places in Sharn. Uh, there's even a large Siren population here, which you know are um, sort of now because their their nation was essentially wiped out in the morning. They are refugees essentially, um, and they've the been sire C Y R E. So those Syrian refugees are there. They happen to be wealthy enough to to you know to live there in Sharn as opposed to like one of the refugee camps. In fact, there's a new sire um, in I think it's also in Brayland. Um, where the old king of Sire sort of like become the mayor of this refugee town. He claims he's a king in exile, but at this point, like, he has little to no power or, 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 or clout to back that up, you know. It's nothing to rule. Yeah. Um, Gotta accumulate that Twitter clout. <laughs> and so it's a, so because of that, there are different cultures, different foods and drinks, different, you know, uh, 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 festivals and things like that all over Corvair. It's a good sampling of what Corvair is if you just go to Middle Memphis, right? So you've been sitting in this sort of hole-in-the-wall bar. It's not a dingy place, but it's clearly... A certain type of people come to this bar. It's meant for like a lower middle class sort of clientele, mm-hmm. right? You know, some rustic stuff, some uh, simple wooden chairs, some, you know, tankards and, and tavern ambiance and that, that, that sort of thing. It's about half as big as your average tavern um, in the, the, the first floor of a sort of a stone. Um, um, and you've been waiting there for nearly an hour. By the time your friend, Max Murdoch, uh, walks through the door. Now, you spot him right away. He is um, wearing his trademark sort of long pocketed coat. And I say this with all the awareness in the world a fedora. (laughs) (laughs) Not a trilby. An actual classic. A proper fedora. Um, 1920s gangster. Yes. Uh, he looks... Um, he generally has a kind of a tossed-off sort of look to him, like he didn't try very hard, you know what I mean? It's got that kind of sort of just-woke-up-and-I-already-looked-this-way sort of style. <laughs> but he looks especially disheveled today, and also worried. Um, he spots you and the rest of you seated at a table, makes his way over there, you see him take off his fedora, drop it on the table, and he reaches for one of the drinks that are already there on the table and just drains it, places it down. And he sits down and tries to make himself as comfortable as he can in this sort of awkward stiff back chair. And I look at my drink and that he just drank it. I'll, I'll take care of it. <clears throat> what do you want? Well... Thanks for coming to see. I appreciate it. These, uh... These your people? They're people with whom I've worked. 
most of them. I'm getting mixed signals here. <laughs> well, you might be getting better signals if you've been here an hour ago. Yeah, well, complications. Okay, Always. you know how it is. Well, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Max, and uh, I'm in a little bit of trouble, so I thought maybe you could help me out in exchange for a little bit of gold. How about that? Some uh, Galifars, which is the, the coinage for gold pieces. Um, okay, so here he goes. What's Max's race? He's a human. human. Not dragon marked. He's, he's just a regular ass human. Oh, by the way, my dragon mark is like right on my right there in your face. Everybody knows. Nice. Yes, it's not it's not uncommon for mm-hmm. facial dragon marks. But yeah, okay. Um, so one of the um, creme de la creme of our uh, society here in Sharn, uh, Lady uh, Nora Irul, uh, she approached me recently. And she wanted me to find out where her missing husband had gone to. I said, of course I would. I'd be glad to. And that I was very uh, uh, flattered that out of all of the uh, investigators and inquisitives in the city that she could uh, come to me in her hour of need. Um, Now, uh, Mrs. Irul... um, she doesn't know that um, I'm not actually a private investigator. <laughs> Just sort of play one, you know. I think that laughs in game. It is. <laughs> it absolutely is in game. You so know, my the, eye twitching. <laughs> the uh, the ladies love a dark and brooding type who ferrets out the mysteries and yada yada yada. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> So, uh, I was thinking that maybe you folks could do the investigating for me, and we'd all share in the profit. Right, so what what, what happens to you when you don't dig yourself out of this hole, Max? Uh, Well, uh, Lady Nora is probably very upset with me, and my... uh, uh, reputation as a private investigator is blown, so I gotta move on to another con. Not a huge deal, but, um, you know, inconvenient, to say the least. Why exactly should we cut you in on the profits? Uh, because point. you can't, you don't get the information from me unless we agree to something. Because mm. he found the job for us. He's a, our, uh, procurer? Yeah, I'm a, sort of a broker. Think of it that way. 5%, 95%. Oh, he's not. Negotiate with him. I was trying to be generous. Look, I, I can see, I can see you've all got cold feet. Tell you what, I can guarantee you fifty galifar each if we do this, and it's and it's simple work. Find what is most likely a drunk and or bored noble who's trying to get some time away from a domineering wife or, you know, uh, trouble in paradise or whatever. We find him, we report back to Lady Nora, everything's kosher. It's so simple. Why do you need our help, if you don't mind me asking? Because I'm not a private investigator. I don't know how to do that. What are you not telling us? Okay. That's it. 
That's I'm literally telling you everything. I've worked with you enough that you know that I don't believe you. He probably forgot what he was supposed to tell us. <laughs> this, this seems far too straightforward for you to have taken on the effort for this con. Especially given that none of us are private investigators either. Okay. Apparently, Lady Nora's husband liked to do a little bit of drinking, slumming, basically, in Dora. And I'm not really cut out for Dora. Well, you want to get him out safely, people find out he's a noble. If he's even still there. Now, you know, somebody with that kind of money, obviously... Walking around in Dura, they're a magnet for, um, for, for robbings, ransoms. kidnappings, who knows Wait what. a minute, are you saying that he has this money, and he actually went to Dora looking like he has this money? Nobles aren't the brightest people, so I don't have, like... He was probably I'm, drunk when he went there. I'm working this out as much as you guys are, like, okay? Okay, so what is... Where's the last... Nora, Nora. How, where can we find Lady Nora? She's not taking um, personal right now. Uh, she's a very busy woman, and so she's sort of delegated this to me to figure this out. And we're not right. supposed to be letting on that we're doing this work for him. Yeah, and I shouldn't be bothering her with this work, because the more I do, the more it looks like that she needs the help to find her husband, which is not a good look. She was probably expecting it done a few days ago. How long ago did you take this job, Max? It was it was two days ago. We're still in a very fresh window. Okay. Alright, what does the noble look like? Uh, so he's a he's a tall fella. Like six two, I think. Name? Human? Uh yeah, yeah, no, he's a he's a regular a regular guy. Uh, Drevan, D-R-E-V-A-N. Is he a lord? No, I don't. Out of character, is he like a lord? Uh, he's a nobleman. Lady. Uh, he's a he's a he's a noble, not really a lord per se, but he's just, you know, trying to figure out how to address him. This wife is Lady Nora. I would say, I mean, lord is probably safe to use. More of like a. It's more of like a... Hus- what am I thinking of? It's not an official title. It's just like sure, it's a like, pleasantry. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. It's more of a hospitality thing than it is yeah. a... Yeah. Proper title and rank. Can I roll inside to see if there's something beyond the usual level of bullshit Max would be the last thing? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Irul, I-R, apostrophe, R-O-O-L-E. Okay. And Nora is spelled the traditional way, N-O-R-I. Now it's common for um, uh, for noble names to have that sort of um, apostrophe. Thing. Yeah, to have that kind of prefix, right? Um, it's sort of a mark of um, stature. It's a mark of stature. Yeah. So the noble families generally add that ear apostrophe to their last name, right? So you'll have 
nobles like Darrow Ir Lane, right? And so if you hear Ir before a person's surname, it means they've got, you know, they've got land, they've got money, you know, they're they're a proper noble, right? So as, as opposed to a like a highfalutin merchant or somebody like that who's sort of putting on airs, right? So could you have a D and an ear? Dear. You could conceivably, I guess. Although, if you were a member of a house, then you might just simply have that recognized name. Yeah. You wouldn't need that. You wouldn't necessarily need the ear part because now you are part of the the major houses, you know, and so it's. Your your importance is sort of already understood. Yep. Right? So Max, we both know that you're not the highest of living individuals. Do you have any contacts in Dora that we could use? Uh, well, um, last time I was there, uh, we had a little bit of a uh, scuffle with the law, and so anybody that may have been helpful to me down there is probably rotting in a cell right now. And I can't get within 100 feet of the place without getting picked off by a city watch guard. Okay, so I'm afraid you're on your own. Where was the last place this noble was seen? Uh, this, uh, like I said, he, this, there's this watering hole in uh, Middle Dora where he liked to slum, you know, drink, get away from the uh, the business in Central District and so on. Is there are he... a lot of slums there. What's what's the name? Okay, well, give me. Oh, I, did, I thought there was actually ninety seconds for me to generate a name. Blank, blank. <laughs> oh, no, if it doesn't actually have a name, no, it's too late now. Too I late to go through this whole thing. <laughs> you asked. It's because I thought in a story no, there'd be like no. go to this tavern. No, it's too late. God, this is the classic DM problem of there's a guy in the corner. I go up and ask his name. It's not in the story. Mm. I feel like you've now made him a part of the story. We need to go to for information. I I thought we went over this already. (laughs) This seems more reasonable than the the meme. The problem with that one is it started with a named goblin. Mm -hmm. You gave him a name. That's the problem. (laughs) You just have to say there's a goblin in the corner. That's just there for flavor. We'd still go talk to him. Yeah, that's the problem. We'd still go talk to him. But that, but at that point, as a DM, you can be like, "No, that's on you." <laughs> you are approaching the set dressing. It is one of the fun things about playing Call of Cthulhu sometimes, because sometimes the set dressing is there to help you die. Mm-hmm. Oh, Everybody's you just trying to kill you in Call you of Cthulhu. Sp- you spent your entire amount of time just going down things that didn't matter. Now the world's ended. Sucks to suck. Yep. You've got to be an Do investigator. You- the uh, it's this place uh, it's called the Blue Lagoon. Does he want to go back to his wife, or are we going to? Have I don't. To fight him? I have no idea. Okay, I haven't talked to the guy. Okay. Like I don't. Th- that's the place he was last seen. I don't. I don't know where this guy is. You ever worked a missing persons thing before? Like, no. you don't generally get to ask them if they're hanging out, you know, on their own, or if they want to come back. You just have to find them. Look, man, I just wanted to know if you knew people. if he liked his wife or not. What did I miss? I mean, she's not we found a bar. She's nice. She's fucking hot. Like, Blue there's again. no. I don't see a problem here. She's rich, and they both are. But like. So unless there's something else going on, you know, behind 
closed doors, then... Maybe he's gay. Maybe. I don't... I don't know. You know, okay. you're really not earning your cut of this. You get used to that. Look, do you want the job or not? You have to. We, we have to take the job or you're going... To die. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. We both know that. that don't get, get over yourself. I'm not gonna die. No, the noble might kill you if you don't. Find the what? husband. That's not we. We live there in are laws. We, we live, live in, in a society. civil society. That's not how that works. We live in a society. Max, we live I in know a at least society. five people that can have you killed. Then why won't you go to Dora? Because we don't live in a civil society. Because I will probably be arrested and or killed. <laughs> but the not noble, by nobles, by noble assholes who in live in Dora. Society. All right. All right. Let's go then, Dora, and. We'll try to get you out of this hole, but eventually you're gonna get in a hole you can't get out of. How have you been keeping this up for so long? You don't have any pers- private investigation skills. He doesn't have any skills. <laughs> I'd say he's got some skills in conning. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> I'm just wondering After how he's been managing this drama, particular con. He at least caused one noble lady to making her think he was a private investigator. Well, no, I'm very good people. with with. I'm great with people. I'm not so great with facts. Okay. All right. So where do you want us to meet you when we find the noble? Just come back here. That's okay. the easiest place. Do we need to bring him with us, or do we just need to bring back information of where he is? I would assume I mean, just info. Ideally, if you find him, bring him back. But as long as Lady Nora knows, you know, his whereabouts, I mean, as far as I'm Don't concerned, the job's home. done. Okay. We have no legal justification to move him. If he does not wish to come, he will not come. He's got it. Yes. Listen, listen to the listen to the robot. <laughs> okay. I'm a little bit racist. That's Max. Who cares? It's only racist if the Slavic people exist. So what time of day are we what? at this bar? Robot meeting, Max. Oh. It's, it's effectively like a so we can if you're gonna in, look at it in the original Slavic. It'd be sensible, like, we could go to Dora right now. Oh, no, yeah. It, it takes basically th- approximately 30 minutes to go between For sort of district sections. Okay. So, like, either if you're going horizontally or vertically, you're looking at about 30 minutes. If you're just, like, walking. Yeah. Like, right. it's just a general fact, and I'm sitting there like, So you know, that you, could, um, you know that you could get to Middle Dora, right, which it's, is it's uh, where this watering hole is. You don't have to go labor. vertically or horizontally. You can just go so over, straight over, right? Okay. Um, so you knew that's going to take about half an hour. All right. I vaguely remember By that foot, from anyway. paper I wrote in high school. And All right, let's go. Automatons. And, uh, I'm sorry, the name of the tavern is right here. I didn't have to come up with that. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. That's how we're going to deal with speaking. Let's have Blue Lagoon. Blue Lagoon is probably better than whatever they had anyway. Or maybe it was. So... I've been put on leave by my boss. Says I need to get out of the workshop more and work on my people skills. So that's sort of what happened to me. Sort of. This would be a great opportunity, you know, meet people, especially one particular person. <laughs> that sort of is making me nervous. Well, I slept with my boss's wife, and now I have to get out and see the world. Oh, you're the whole reason I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's go. All right. Yeah, the the sooner you can do this, the better. Because he he didn't come home about two nights ago, right? Mm -hmm. 
I'll just drain the rest of my drink and stand up and start marching on over to Dora. I go to drink the rest of my drink, then I give you a really nasty glare. Who, me? No, no I say what? I didn't do anything. So as they all walk away, I character. kind of catch Max for one last bit. Like, you're always in hot water, Max. Why does this have you so worried? I just... I know enough about Dora. I know enough about this fucking city to know that when people go missing, they don't tend to come back. So, especially when we're dealing with nobles, that's above my pay grade. Okay. Now, I already... I, I made very clear to Lady Nora, I was like, leave this to the Inquisitors. That's their job. They go out, they find people. That's the whole point. But she... She was desperate. She was distraught. She insisted that I help her. And I'm a sucker. So. Okay. <laughs> so she doesn't want the Inquisitors to know. Either that or she's just desperate and she can't wait for the, the rigmarole that's going to happen. Oh, let's file a case. Oh, let's see if somebody's available. Let's get them down here. And Inquisitors are, are wall-to-wall uh, uh, busy every, every single day. It's, it's like a thousand people probably in the next block. Yeah, but it also doesn't look good when your husband's gone missing because he doesn't want to be with you. Oh, we don't know that. Mm. Okay. We'll get back to you. And I head off to the tavern. To the next tavern. We'll go from a tavern to a tavern. Mm-hmm. We gotta walk. It's bar hopping. So you... Like so bar. about a half an hour later, the lot of you uh, make your way to the uh, uh, Dura district, the oldest oh, in Shards, though. Um, as you're walking through, you can see the cracks in uh, the stonework and uh, the places where sort of where normally the sort of thin sheen of magical enchantment has sort of begun to wear down and essentially is almost non-existent there, as enchantments have have um, uh, essentially run out of juice and mm-hmm. have not been uh, upkept. What's everybody armed time. with? And are you visibly armed? Yes. What do you have? I have a bastard sword. Nice. I can just have my longbow over my back. Nothing super threatening. That's not the point. I have a great sword and a no dual, case. D- dual dual bladed scimitar. Scimitar. Dual bladed. Yeah, it, it's yeah, like like sorry. like think like like interlocking blades. Uh, no, it's like not interlocking Maul? blade. Yeah, it's. Darth Maul, you know, it's Sinjar's. Oh, blade on one hand, oh, but two-handed. I see, I so, see. So it looks like the blade you'd put in a blender, but enlarged to actually yeah. wield. Yeah. Okay. I think we have a visual reference for that. Okay, thank you. That, that helps me. I'm not, like, visibly armed. I have a, I have a cane. You sorry. work for a library. So, um, I have a crossbow uh, attached to me somewhere. Does it have, like, a sword, sword or a, top, or a shield and a warhammer? And both of them are just slung across the back right now. I've got my um, rapier at my hip, dagger on my instrument across my back. Not technically a weapon, unless it's in the hands of a bar, in which case. I'm a dwarf. Uh, As we approach Dora, I would start to just visibly look a little grungier, kind of the skin a little less well-kept, and the hair a little frizzier, and I would do the changeling thing and try to get to the part more masculine-looking. London. It's going to be real funny when somebody tries to rob me and they find out I'm broke because all my money's tied up in a project. 
You have money. Mm -hmm. hmm. Comes from working in the guild. As you're passing through uh, Middle Dora, you see that the people that are streaming past you, the activity going on in the streets, is very much that of the um, working class and the lower class, um, which further hammers home the idea that um, uh, Drevin, uh, Lord Drevin, um, as a nobleman, really shouldn't have been, you know, even deigning to spit in this in this district, much less go there regularly to spend his evenings at, at, the, uh, at the Blue Lagoon. Uh, so much so that, as, as Max mentioned previously, that he would pay the tavern owner to just sort of leave the keys and, like, let him have a drink in peace. Um, the, uh, the, the, the Blue Lagoon, as you come, you come across it, it, it really looks very mundane. Doesn't look really any different than any of the other storefronts in this area. There's a there's a faded sign. The exterior is scarred uh, with simple uh, chips and slight breaks of panes of glass, and it's it's seen a lot of wear and tear. There's a sturdy door with a clearly good lock. Um, for the most part, it's immediately forgettable, except for the fact that there is a member of the Sharn City Watch uh, standing. Um, it looks like guard in front of the tavern. Uh, there's a look of fatigue and annoyance on his face. In front of him you can see a, a nervous half-elf pacing back and <coughs> forth. You see him turn to say something to the guard, but <coughs> the human's face <coughs> scowls very clearly, and the half-elf immediately drops his hand and just walks, heads off down the street, um, defeated. The human guard? Yes. Well, I mean, the, the half-elf left. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the human uh, guard uh, is still there. Who was yes. the one scowling? Is the half-elf heading our way, or down another street? No, he's, he's, he's headed away. Okay. Not towards you, but away from you. Oriana, you look a little bit higher class. Do you want to ask the guard? Talking to people is not what I do. I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> too too eager? Yes. <laughs> More just See? impatient. That's why I brought her. What am I talking to him about? So you head towards this, this looks, guard. Th this, this is not the kind of place that would be guarded. Closed. Or closed. Or guarded. Bouncer. No. Right. Not, yeah, it's not really bad. Just kind of see if you can figure out what happened here. It seems like something bad happened here. Observation. I assume if the guard was female, you would be capable of communicating. No. <laughs> <laughs> the robot's got a point. All right. It would be better, but not not all that great. So you head hmm. towards this this, um, this human male, long face, gray hair dark blue eyes, wearing the traditional uniform of the Sharn City Watch. Um, he has sort of, again, that, that look of um, annoyance, tiredness, um, the, the brief traces of the scowls still left on, on his face. And are you sort of openly approaching it? Or are you sidling up? Or how does it, how are you uh, doing this? I'll march right up to him. Okay. You see him raise a hand for you to to stop and he uh, says, what can I do for you? 
was wondering what's going on with the bar. My friends and I were interested in patronizing it. Well, I'm afraid it's closed under city watch business, miss. Hmm. Sounds pretty serious. Just your uh, typical investigation, nothing you need to worry about. Does it have anything to do with a certain missing nobleman? I'm afraid I'm not at liberty to discuss that. I see. Persuasion check. I am, I am going to try to persuade him with the honest premise that we have been hired to look for a okay. missing noble. Before we do that, let's let's do a fortune thing, right? Mm-hmm. Before we actually get to actually roll. What are we rolling for fortune? D twenty. Single D twenty. Right? Oh, above or below ten. Thirteen. Eighteen. Thirteen and eighteen. Four. There it is. Twelve. Seven. Uh, we're doing a little too Sixteen. Bad. We're gonna die, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's too high. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. god, we're gonna die. <laughs> it's too high. Oh god. We didn't die on Monday. Five green and two red. Very good. Okay, so uh, you're just gonna sort of. Well, actually, correct. You're gonna persuade Steven's the guard made. and sort of <laughs> dispense with any. You're just gonna tell them the straight, straight talk and. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Did you I, roll? Oh, I'm sorry. I rolled fortune, and then I forgot that I need to actually roll for persuasion. This. Fuck. Nine. We have a token of that. We have <laughs> wonderful. I will give it a shot. Sure. Eleven. Eleven. Okay. Not eleven. Yes. Just. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, cool the free association. So, 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 what exactly do you do? You, do you say to him as he's sort of standing there, looking very uh, nonplussed? I will simply say that um, my friends and I have been hired on behalf of Lady Nora to go in search of her husband, who has been missing for the last two days, and we were simply wondering if the tavern might have any connection to his disappearance. <clears throat> I appreciate your concerns, miss. Don't think I'm not sympathetic, are you? But uh, <clears throat> I've got a job to do and a uh, uh, general public to keep out of this place. Now, um, if, for instance, uh, there were a sort of an agreement between the two of us that you could, um, let's say you happened to drop a coin in the street and I decided to go over and, and fetch that coin and uh, momentarily look away from the door to the tavern. Well, I don't see why that would be too big of a, an issue. Trying very hard not to visibly roll her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think we're there. All right. 
Oh, I, 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 I guess I was going to throw the coins like far away, <laughs> but I guess since I rolled the one there at its feet, dang it. Well, how much are you throwing? Uh, like three gold coins. Okay. So he's. <laughs> Is he with you? Technically. <clears throat> and he sort of awkwardly stoops down and picks up the three gold coins and is just throwing them a bit in his in his hand, kind of lightly juggling them. And well, <clears throat> I will uh, take a quick look around the perimeter. And I expect you all to be gone by the time I get back. Is that clear? And I would walk up and shake his hand. But as I shook his hand, I would palm him another gold coin just kind of as a thank you. Appreciate your dealing with this. As you approach him with your hand outstretched, he backs up. Oh, I think I will. Uh, We need to be very clear that you cannot come in here and uh, you're not meant to be in this part of... uh, our investigation. Uh, it'd be best if we uh, kept our distance. Okay. Then, as I stepped away, I would just let one slip out of my palm into the ground and walk away from it. <laughs> it's good for me to have good relations. You see him that he, you know, as he as he's walking away and tracing it's just around, <laughs> he picks up that. Yeah. Like for me, call. this is a networking thing. Makes sense. Okay. The guard takes a wide berth uh, around the tavern, and uh, the door is. Uh, Ready made for you to just jump right in. Alright. Okay, so inside uh, the Blue Lagoon are obvious signs of a struggle. Chairs have been knocked over, there's a table overturned. Um, The commotion, however, seems to have been focused in a particular corner of the room, the back right hand corner. You can see that there's a, uh, an array of broken glass, probably from a, a bottle of alcohol that's shattered on the ground. There's a goblet lying on the floor. I thought you said a goblin first. A goblin, <laughs> a dead goblin. <laughs> dead. Um, you find dried liquid on the ground, and you see some darker spots that, at a glance, may or may not be blood. Blood or water. Mm-hmm. Mm. Goblin blood. Goblin blood. So we all managed to get inside? Yes, yeah, we bribed the guard. Who's got good investigation? Is anybody in investigation? I'll help you. So tell me what you're looking at first. Uh, well, I, I guess I'm going to look at the blood to see if it uh, looks like it was enough to kill somebody, um, if there's any directionality be to it. Now, I can go ahead and tell you, so you both, if you're drawing closer and just kind of looking at the blood, I can tell you some basic information. If you want to know a little bit more, you'll have to succeed on a medicine check. Okay. Medicine's not what I do. Okay. Well, you can see as you approach and get closer that, sure enough, these dark, dried spots, yeah, that's that's clearly blood. Um, and humanoid blood, it looks like, the traditional sort of claret kind of color. Right. Um, you see there's a lot of blood splatter and some small spots here and there, as if there was, say, impact damage or what have you. But there doesn't appear to be a large enough pool or a large enough quantity to indicate that probably somebody died on site, at the very least. You found found a wound? I found blood. You see that there's a trail of it leading behind the counter, 
and towards the back door. Okay, can I search that area with investigation? Uh, you mean uh, the back door, you mean? Uh, around the corner and back door. Uh, you don't You don't even need to. You can just... I mean, it's very obvious oh, right there. I mean, um, for anything else. Uh, sure, yeah. Go ahead. All right, you still helping me? Um, sure, although I'm not sure what else there is to find. Let's find out. So that would be a 19. Okay. Um, based on the... Uh, the... The streaking, essentially, that you can see from that blood trail coming around the behind the counter and out the back door, it looks like someone was probably dragged mm-hmm. out of the back. Can I tell the general size of that person? No, it's difficult to tell. So it could be small or medium? You... It looks like it could be a... Uh, a heavy, small creature, or a average, medium creature. I mean, but you're looking at probably a humanoid figure of an average height and weight. You know, something. You okay. said we'd need a medicine check to learn anything about the blood. To learn more about the blood. Yeah. yeah. Seventeen. Nice. On what? On medicine. Medicine. Oh, okay. Taking a look. Taking a closer look at the blood. Because um, I could help. <laughs> you know that. Based on the blood splatter, based on the amount of blood that you're finding at the scene, whoever was injured, person or persons, they must be still alive. Um, and But they were hurt bad enough that they would probably need medical attention, healing of some kind. Based on what it seems consistent with your findings. Well, whoever it is, they're still alive, but... They definitely did enough damage to at least get them unconscious. They'll probably need... Took them somewhere where he needs attention. It's All these you're so dragging out the door. So Anybody here have healing abilities? Yes. I do. That's good. So made use of a healer a couple nights ago that gives us something to go off? Yeah, they... they pro- he probably needed immediate attention, so... That's probably need to see a doctor. Yeah. Yes. And not else. What's, what's everyone's passive perception about? 14. Uh, 14. 12. 13. 11. 13. Okay. Thank you. I was always waiting for you whenever you Okay. Um, are you doing a... Now, I know that um, Oriana and uh, Velf went directly to sort of the bloodied area in the back, but... Uh, are the rest of you making a kind of like a general sweep of just your tavern? Just taking yeah. Over <laughs> you don't have to. Perception? You don't even have to roll no, for that. Okay. You just all this stuff sure. is pretty obvious. Um, you see that um, specifically. See you as you're making your way sort of around the overturned table and the overturned chairs and things. You find a large scrap of cloth that is actively shifting in color, like sort of going through various gradients. Um, it's got some intricate stitching on the inside, and it's the colors indicate that this is probably from an article of glamour weave clothing. Okay, so somebody expensive. God, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> is that part of his outfit? Glamour weave clothing, you know, has got basically illusions woven directly into the fabric, and mm-hmm. so 
it can provide not only you know inc incredibly vivid colors but, but it can help you animated hide. effects and that sort of thing it's a fashion thing but it's also an entertainment thing it's not uncommon for um, street performers if they're of a particular well-off or you know uh, actors or you know in certain um, sort of formal ceremonies and things like that for people to to wear those kind of ostentatious things and okay and it looks like based on the cloth that you found that it's a hard rip you know given the the exterior edges and probably damaged the entire garment in the process right? and that was this wasn't a simple cut this was you know. And that wasn't near like the back corner, that was somewhere else? Well, no, if it's in the general sort the of general vicinity. Because right. okay. so, I didn't know if it was like caught on the upper table while it was being dragged. If this was someone's garment, it would be broken, for lack of a better word. Not necessarily, because but the garment so itself would be damaged. Would be damaged. Yep. Yeah. Because okay. you'd very clearly have a pretty sizable hole like a sleeve or perhaps a skirt or who knows you know what kind of article clothing but it's a sizable chunk you can hold it palm of your hand and no, but like this it. this is still like it still has the illusion magic it's still it's working yes. it's still yeah. very slowly sort of undulating in terms of color um, but as you pick this up you become aware of this this smell in the room it was previously sort of masked by the uh, sort of the ambient uh, smell of broken alcohol bottles and like the general sort of odor to tavern, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, but you suddenly get this acrid smell of sour, probably, it smells like cologne or perfume or something. And there's also this smell of decay, like can't tell if that's that's like food or plants or something like that but there's this stench of rot as well okay um on the actual reasons tavern's been closed is for health code violations <laughs> <laughs> on as you are uh taking a look uh through the tavern you see that the uh broken shards of glass on the floor mixed in with those shards of glass and some pieces of silverware that aren't actually silver. Um, Somewhere. Are pieces of, uh, uh, which you identify as porcelain. Hmm. As you are sifting through them and you begin sort of fetching the porcelain pieces, you realize that by sort of putting them together in a sort of a close proximity, you can see that they appear to be part of a a larger mask, humanoid-sized mask, hmm. with a pattern uh, in red paint that uh, looks very much like a dragon mark. Interesting. So a sort of a porcelain white, sort of neutral kind of mask, but with a, a pattern on it that looks like, of red paint, of a dragon mark. Not the same as Oriana's facial mark, but... A, clearly a dragon mark of some kind. I'd imagine each one is kind of unique. Yes. Hmm. Well, I mean, they're, they're, they have similarities depending on, like, the houses, bloodlines, like, people who have the same mark, like the mark of passage or whatever, they might generally look the same. But So okay. is, is it, like, a white porcelain mask with the red marks on it, or is it only 
is the porcelain shaped in the dragon mask? No, it's a full mask it's a full with mask. red paint on okay. it. Well, we have to roll to see if any of us know the house with which that mark goes. History. Yeah. Ooh, you want to call me over for that? Yeah. Because I... that's not a thing that I have. Let's see. Would this apply to artificers? Or would the artificers lore be applicable for this? 16. I think that's fair. What are you rolling? History. Okay. I mean, I work for a library procuring books, and, and I got twenty-one. History. Let's see what we have. No. Or no, a nineteen. Twenty-four. Nice. Yeah. We were off to. So the three of you are, are looking at this thing, and, and with your heads put together, you realize that this isn't a this isn't a quote-unquote official dragon mark. No, not that either. It's it's clearly an artist's interpretation of artistic. It's meant to be artistic, theatrical. It's meant to be nondescript, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't resemble like a mark of passage or a mark of detection or whatever, like a proper dragon mark. But it also doesn't look like the actual aberrant dragon marks that you'll sometimes see on people. It's just sort of like. As if somebody created a new letter, they've created a new dragon mark, right? The pattern and the shapes and everything don't match any of the ones that you're aware of. This probably goes with whoever was wearing that cape. As coat. Wait, who had the highest check on that? 24. 24. Mm -hmm. You realize that you've seen this pattern before. Okay. There have been a couple of posters around a few parts of Sharn. Um, uh, you know that there are... There's a troop of performers who wear these masks regularly as they do their sort of uh, theatrical business. They have sporadic shows in Lower Dura, specifically in a place called Kalistan. How do you spell that? C-A-L-L-E-S-T-A-N. Would I be able to roll a perception and see if I can find whatever smells quite so accurately? Uh, a smell of death? Sure. If it's coming from yes. somewhere? Or Given that I'm part cat, I would happily help you because it's probably driving me nuts. Do I get any more information on that? Uh, no, that's just something that... It's something that you weren't actively looking into. It's just you happen to see the posters around town. And you go, ah, oh, okay. okay. It suddenly clicks, like, oh, I've seen that mask before. I'll... I will share this information yeah. with the group. 21 degrees. <laughs> you realize that the smell doesn't seem to be coming from any particular place in the tavern. It just sort of permeates the place. As if something was in here that smelled like that and sort of soaked the place. This is it like a high school boys locker room? No. There's not ass. <laughs> it just permeates, though. There's not a specific Well, yeah, place. it just, it sort of, it seems like there was something in here that smelled of this sour so perfume mean. rot sort of combination. Okay. So I now it's gone. Kind of intertwining them with whatever the perfume is. The rot's kind of part of that almost. Okay. Yeah. So we need to go to lower lower door. Oh, um, yeah. Oh. I had fourteen. Mal, um, you you notice um, that they're stuck in the corner of the room. 
um, slightly obscured by an overturned chair, uh, is what looks like a, a purse, sort of a drawstring purse, stuck in the corner of the room, like in between sort of the the uh, the wall and one of the planks of the floor, and some coins have spilled out of it. I will grab it and grab the coins, pop it open, and see if there's any identification. Uh, you are in luck because inside are the sort of palm-sized uh, identification papers of a Lord Driven Irul. Nice. Um, and uh, in various coinage, Galifars and Platinum Dragons, you see 211 gold pieces. I will um, sniff it and see if it smells the same as... The, the it's difficult to tell because the whole place now that stinks. now that C has brought your attention to it and you've sort of become aware of it, yeah. the whole place kind of just smells like it. Okay. The purse itself doesn't seem to smell any more strongly of this okay. than any other part. Cool. So it's not a robbery, unless they expect to get more out of a ransom. It could have just fallen when they thought they had it. I mean, it was kind of shoved in there. Yeah, as if it had been... dropped. It looks like if it had been dropped or knocked out of somebody's hand or something like that, and it just kind of gotten stuck Mm. over there in the corner of the room where the the struggle seemed to have mostly taken place. They could have gotten interrupted and had to leave it. They could have dropped when they in the struggle. They just figured that they'd get more money out of his wife. It's okay. Mm. You're assuming that they're interested in him beyond... What they can do to him. Yeah, but if you he did, he probably ran his. He could have ran his mouth. It's okay. People don't get ransomed a lot here. They could have just gotten interrupted, killing him in the middle of the bar, and taking him somewhere else to finish the job. Well, we people around here don't like nobles. Find so. who took him or where he is. Yep. And that seems that the circus may be our best bet for witnesses. Should we agree? From what you remember about the posters, like, and this is sort of almost subliminal information, um, that they were a troupe of, um, it looked like actors and maybe an acrobat or two, sort of a general purpose sort of performance troupe that was more about, less circus oriented and more sort of drama and comedy oriented, you know. So not even like Circus Olay, a little bit still more performative. More like your traditional acting truth. Theater. Yeah. With a little bit more acrobatics. Lower door. Great. Let's go find one of their shows. Oh, yeah. So you still have the, um, as, uh, as Oriana noticed, uh, uh, and a lot of you became aware of this sort of streak of blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, around the counter and about through the back door that you can still investigate. So well, shall we follow where the blood at least... Well, we should leave by the back door anyway. Yeah. Yes. True. We're not supposed to be here, sort of thing. See where this leads and then... Yeah, let's go up the back door track. and follow the trail. Mm-hmm. See if we can at the same it. time. Okay, goes down. you uh, push through the back door into a narrow alley uh, behind the Blue Lagoon. The smell is a unfortunately newly distinct kind of unpleasant. Mm. There are puddles of stagnant water leading from the mouth of the alley towards the door. Um, You can see, now that you've opened the door, a few spots of dried blood 
You can see a smear along one wall heading away. Um, and as you're sort of looking around, um, uh, Linny, you spot that there seems to be a figure huddled behind some crates where the alley meets the street. This figure is sitting and partially obscured from view. cautiously um, hand like not quite on the hilt of my rapier but you know nearby yeah okay um, as you draw closer and are able to sort of clear your vision you can see around mm -hmm. the, uh, the crates uh, it looks like a, a disheveled figure a stout human man with thinning hair and rags on essentially uh, clearly a, a, a homeless person or a beggar of some kind okay i i will relax a bit then um approach and say excuse me sir <laughs> he shrinks away and nervously what is it what do you want are you all right yeah yeah i'm fine you just you just scared me now Sorry. Um, have you noticed anything strange going on in this alley? Um, we saw a trail of blood leading out here. We were wondering what was going on with that. Well, um, I don't think I know nothing about that. Are you sure? You know, I'll make a cut my coin. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to uh, do you want to offer him something, or do you want to make a persuasion roll, or um, or both? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody that we encounter, you just literally throw gold at them. I got. I got. I got the. Was it um, gill toss? <laughs> I will. Um, I'll offer him a gold piece. the gold gleaming in your hand, <laughs> takes it gently but eagerly. And I didn't mean to throw it. Thank you. Because I'd be plus three. Uh, I'll, 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 thank <laughs> you. I'll, I'll, I'll be glad to tell you whatever you need to know. When, when, when about this happened? Um, when, two, nights well, two nights ago, he disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember there were there were there were five of them. They came out at that 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 door there. A couple of them had these um, these uh, masks masks on them, like, like the like the kind you wear at the theater, right? Mm -hmm. With the red marks on them, they look uh, dragon mark kind of thing. And uh, one of them was one of them was hurt pretty bad. It was bleeding. Over there, and another one was out cold, and he was hit. Two of the other ones are carrying him out. Now I am. Um, I followed him for a bit. As as curious. You know, they went straight for the lifts. You know, I thought maybe I'd have a chance to, you know, pocket some. And they weren't paying attention to. As they hurried along. I heard that the the one who was bleeding. He wanted to go straight up to Clifftop to find a healer. 
so they 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 split up now I, after that it was just nowhere to hide on the lift you know so I just I let them go I watched them from the from the shadow here and you know came back to my spot and called it a day so yeah. the ones that weren't injured went down is that right or all of them they they were all heading up at least it seemed like it. Well, now did. they now they could have gotten off that lift somewhere else and taken who knows where. I thought you said they split up. They did split up. How so? Well, the, a couple they all got in the lift and they went up. I got a fellow said cliff top, but I'm not sure. They said they were going to split up after that mm. or before. The, I don't know. I just heard them say they were going to split up, but they all got in the same lift together. Okay. They didn't get on different lifts. Okay. Thank you, sir. You've been very helpful. And I'll take some of the coins out of the noble's purse and give him like five of them. Nice. I, I, I wanted to give him a platinum. I realized if a homeless man has a platinum, that would look yeah. very bad. So, so what? Sorry, what did you get? I just gave him like five, five of gold. the gold. Thank you. You've been real generous. Listen. Probably, he probably probably gonna need this. And he reaches back in the folds of his um, his clothes and produces this um, this obsidian like badge almost, that's sort of um, about the size of like a brooch or something like that. It's this sort of black jagged kind of vaguely triangular shape. With a, what looks like a a, a reddish um, shard in the center of it, uh, about in the shape of a two two dimensional kind of diamond shape, and there are sort of striations going from the actual the, the, the shard the shard itself out through the obsidian, and he um, shakily hands it uh, to you. Yes. Now, do I know what this is? Uh, you can make a uh, or religion check. Since I have it in my hand, 17. I only got a 16. Could I swing an artificer's lore and make it a history check? Yes. Okay. Damn it. It's a no. 7. <laughs> I rolled a 2. So the, oh, wow. the icon itself, at, you've never, I mean, this just doesn't ring a bell. It's clearly a symbol of some kind, but to what, you're unsure. Um, after he hands this this piece to you, um, Velfe, he says, uh, one of the one of the fellows, the masked fellows, dropped that. I thought I was going to keep it, maybe, maybe pawn it off, but you folks have been so generous, I thought I'd, you might need it for whatever you're, you're getting into. How much would you like for it? Uh, no, no, you, you, you folks have been you folks have done plenty enough. I, I appreciate it. I'll be able to, I'll be able to eat pretty good on this for a little while. A quick question: right. All the, the people that came out were all of them wearing a mask? No, no. How many of them didn't have a mask? There's, there's one fella who they had with him. The one being dragged. Uh, it was a, it was. Someone else. He was he was the the. The injured fella. 
Yeah, the the one the one who was out cold. He wasn't he wasn't wearing one of them ropes. He was he was dressed he was dressed pretty nice like. Mm-hmm. But the rest of them had masks. The rest of them wear wore robes and the no fancy masks and everything. Was someone else yeah. carrying an extra? Except except one of them didn't have a mask. I remember this. The one the one that, that that was hurt, he he didn't have his mask on. Okay. Now this is. Oh, it's okay if you don't remember everything. I I don't I didn't get a good look at his face. The lights around here are not great, uh, but I knew because I could see that that bright white wasn't reflecting off like everybody else. Okay. Knocked off during this couple. So sounds like our our friend is not the injured one. Well, I mean, well, he's, he's unconscious. He's the unconscious one. They unconscious, got... and then there was the bleeding one. Yeah. Yeah. They probably well, got in a it fight. Was... It probably took some effort to subdue him. Yeah. Yes, I'm saying a friend may not be nearly as injured as. So we know the who, and we know the when. Now we need to figure out the where. I said cliffside. Well, Take the injured one. The injured so. guy to cliffside. But Cl- the rest yeah. of them. They were headed to cliff to cliff top to find a heat. Cliff top. But is that another district, or is that a section of this district? That's another uh, section. Okay. Uh, Clifftop specifically is... Uh, it's uh, in the upper ward in Dura. Okay, so it's so we're going still in Dura. You're still in Dura, you just yeah. have to okay, make so your way up. Okay. Up and sort of north. Okay. But... Supposedly only one of them went there, the, early, the injured one, because they said they was going to split up. So did they all just go up in the elevator and then stay in the elevator and then go back down, you think, well, or? Well, elevators have more than one exit point. I'm sure I they mean, got off at one point if, and then another. If they were all going to the upper floor uh, and one of them was going to the cliffside, the others could have went somewhere else on that floor. We could go to Clifftop and try to pick up the trail on the injured one from there, or we could try to catch one of their shows or figure out where they're staying. The injured one is weak and slow and will be easy to track and follow, and from him we can find the others. Well, depending on how bad he's injured. Anyone who is injured must wait to be healed. There was a they lot have of a money. good sum of money. And if he was injured enough that they took him up. You needed immediate attention. All right, let's go to Clifftop then. All right. Okay, so you're going to Dora to go to Clifftop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anybody else have any idea what that thing is? What? Had a seventeen for, with my relationship. And he said you still hadn't. Yeah, still yeah, hadn't identified. So we could ask some priests, but hmm. I head to what though? And I might be able to. Death. Apparently. Apparently. Might be able to pitch some sort of looking for my brother sort of thing. Like a pretty good sister. 
Mm-hmm. Well, or or we could just go with the mass, you know, people. I think we should start with House Jorasako. And see if we can find some information on this. To put to put what uh, Oriana said into context, House Jurasco is the house that does healing in basically the whole continent. Like that's their whole thing. Priests and clerics obviously dabble in it and stuff like that, but House has got a monopoly on healing services. Right. Um, now you know that you know or or. Oriana, that as a part of accepting House Jurasco's sort of healing services, it not only costs money, but it also it also introduces a lot of questions that uh, that less than legal operators would want to avoid at all costs. So you know that this um, talk of the uh, the bleeding one heading to Clifftop makes a lot of sense because Clifftop is an area that is has got a high concentration of adventurers specifically, mm-hmm. and their accident prone lifestyle mm-hmm. lends itself to there being medics and healers working there at all hours of the all in day and night, um, and they operate on. Uh, it's very much a, a a quick, close place to get some medical attention without any unwanted so questions. So it'd be like the difference between going to an actual hospital and a um, street doc. Yeah, like a like to a proper like, hospital and a mob doctor, right? Yeah. yeah, you're more likely to find like a mob doctor or a street doctor in Clifftop. Right? Okay, so forget everything I just said. Let's Duh. let's head to Clifftop. So, you know, another 30 minutes goes by. And Clifftop is in Upper Dora. Even though it is an upper ward, it's still part of Dora. Um, where other upper wards that you're familiar with are bright and sort of freestanding and everything, Clifftop is made up of drab, granite, simple towers. It's very, it's very utilitarian in that. In that sense, the heart of the district is the Adventurers Guild, however, and the adventuring, both the adventurers themselves and their um, liveliness, if you will, the color that they bring to the area, more than makes up for the the buildings and the, the architecture's drabbery. You know, spanners, spanners. As you're making your way through the district, you see that um, two half-orcs from across the street begin making their way, yeah, begin making their way obviously towards you with intent. You see one is slightly shorter than the other one, is sort of like um, receding hair, and the other one is completely bold. They are covered in uh, what is clearly... um, a, uh, like leather armors and they're, they're obviously um, uh, armed, right? You see that the uh, the bald one, he actually pulls out um, this heavy cudgel and begins sort of slapping it against his, his palm 
Now who's in front of this crew? Okay. <laughs> so he he approaches you, Vilf, and he takes his. Um, Did you pin that brooch to yourself, or are you just? Carrying I I, th- it I think I'm just like carrying it. About he uh, nudges you a little bit with the cudgel, and he says, uh, "We know you met with Murdoch top of the morning. That snake owes us money." So we're supposed to pay the troll toll. Your purse now, or we'll knock you down, and we'll take it later. Your choice. This isn't our money and debt that needs to be paid. Perhaps you didn't hear me. Slap. I heard you. I'm just unimpressed. You can see that the uh, the figure who raises his cudgel and goes to actually strike you across the face with it. Who's roll finished? Boom. I mean, you didn't have to insult him. Uh. <laughs> I know, I was debating, I'm like, do I want to be, like, Thank extremely, you. like... That's kind of, that's a little racism. No, it's very racist. Yeah. <laughs> you said 19, Lenny? Yep. The troll toll. They're orcs. Mm-hmm. Half orcs. Half orcs, mm. too. What did you get, Lenny? Four. Oh my god. Uh, um, five for Mal. That's I a got wolf. a six. We rolled for initiative because they insulted some half The six? They, they, they wanted our boss's money. What the hell? I speak worse. Steven, what you said that? Zero. Like, I said, yeah. you know, literal zero. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't Wait, happening. what did you get? It, it was zero. wasn't happening. Oh, yes. The I, negative he, he, dexterity. He, 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 did, mm-hmm. he, he did poke me with his stick I before I said that. that renders that, you so. inert. <laughs> you are just unable to do anything. He's <laughs> like looking I, at the fight. Like all of this is kind of pointless. Getting a zero in initiative should just instantly trigger your executive dysfunction and render you unable. The two of you <laughs> perform any actions whatsoever. What's your dexterity modifier? Three. Two. Okay, so I'll say that C goes first. Okay, so C, you have the upper hand here. You see um, one of these, the, the bald taller half-orc thug uh, whipping his cudgel towards uh, Oriana, ready to sort of strike her across the face. There's no chance I can try to talk them down an orc. Um, I mean, this guy's at least going to get one hit in before, <laughs> before the distance? diplomacy works. See, I, I wanted to throw the coins at his You guys are like again. right at two <laughs> he, he, There's he, not even a question me, of movement. So, Alright. So I just want to go, ugh. Got a thing against so, action? <laughs> to just pull my short sword out from my waist and swing, would that be, I guess since I don't really need to move, would I go to do all that in one turn? Yeah, it's just an attack action. Oh, cool. Okay. And orcs are not humanoid, are they? They are humanoid. They are humanoid? They are humanoid. Especially because they're half orc. He even orcs are humanoid. Yeah, but that's true. If you're looking at, like, ranger bonuses... Yeah, they're humanoid. Yeah. Just depends on what version of Ranger if you have to specifically select. Oh, yeah, orcs. he's using a. He had a human yeah. orc. Yeah. He's got the Vanadon initiative, so he's exactly. using mm-hmm. the robots. Okay. You also so have advantage on creatures who have not acted. That haven't attacked at on my first attack, yeah. Well, let's see what we got. And that's got a finesse. Well, if you want to get technical, the guy's attacking already. But okay. That's true. I mean, Technically. 
<laughs> That's what I rolled, even without Batman 10. He has a 10. Plus, uh, by 15 to hit. 15? Yeah. That hits. Okay. And um, then damage is 1d6 plus 2. Let's do a purple. The other ones have been just. Of course. Uh, 3 damage. 3 damage. Okay. So we're not going to roll another purple dice tonight. <laughs> Is, isn't it 4? Nah, for the. You have a last one. The one short sword just for damage is 1d6. Um, plus two. Plus two? Yeah. Oh, I guess I added my dexterity mod. So, um. So would it be plus five then? Five damage. Six damage. Yeah. Six damage. Which is it? I did six damage. Six. I forgot that you add dexterity mod with finesse weapons to damage. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was my bad. Okay, so what, what weapon are you wielding? Short, short sword. So you draw your short sword across in a kind of like a, a sort of a samurai cut, right? Um, you uh, strike the um, the bottom uh, interior area of his forearm. You see there's a kind of a gout of blood. Uh, there's, a, there's a deep cut. You see that he recoils and grabs his uh, wrist, uh, Avoiding striking or Oriana, but now his attention is turned on you. Lenny, what do you want to do? It's okay, this fight will be over before I have a turn. <laughs> <laughs> By that, um, I mean, well, I rolled good with a six because I go before all of you. Seeing that C has landed a blow and effectively caused the half-orc to um, withdraw his weapon Mm. for the moment, um, I will just, um, I'll draw my rapier and, like, hold it in his direction, but I won't actually go for a stab. Okay. And we'll say, we are not paying that scumbag's money. You get his money from him. I will attempt an intimidation roll. Okay, roll intimidation. Roll consistent. <laughs> <laughs> don't take from us. We don't you, want to hurt you. You. Can, you can get his money. You just have to get it from him. We <laughs> don't care. We haven't been paid yet. <laughs> just don't kill him. Ooh. Nice. 19. Alyssa, if you want us to put it on his tab, take it out of his cut. I don't trust him enough. He's got bad credit. Yes, he's got he's bad, a bad credit. Clearly, that's score. why we're being harassed. Somehow so, he redirected the collector's call to us. <laughs> so you see the uh, the bold thug, the taller one, sort of back up a little bit. Uh, but the one behind him, the shorter one, balding one, uh, you see draws a mace and sort of bats your sword out of the way. It's clear that he, at least, is uh, ready to, to fight. I was yeah. super excited. I thought we were going to see a gnome intimidate a bunch of half <laughs> Speaking of which, the balding thug who comes forward now. with his mace uh, attempts to strike you, Lenny. Okay. Let's see. 
here. Oh, that is a 22 to hit you. Yeah. That is... Eight bludgeoning damage. He has nine hit points. As this mace comes across and bashes He you. is not impressed. Very clearly not. Seeing this mace attack and this heavy blow done to the, the tiny one. <laughs> uh, the bald, uh, the taller bald half-orc gets a little bit of vigor and vim back into him. Oh, I can do this. He takes his cudgel and uh, swings it at you. It's probably going to hit. Probably gonna happen. It is a 19 to hit. Yeah. Six bludgeoning damage. My first, uh, the campaign that I debuted this character in, we were in like a Colosseum fight and she used um, the Dissonant Whispers Mm -hmm. on a Winter Wolf. And the audience thought it was hilarious to watch it, like, <laughs> cowering in fear from this little... How tall is she? She's, like, three foot something. Three, right. Three well, foot four gnome in, like, pink frilly lace clothing. <laughs> well, that makes it, yeah. That's an yeah. important detail. But... Pink uh, Oriana, you're actually up. All right. I take out my Intimidating sword. Intimidating tiny support and lesbian. They're both in reach of me, right? Hmm. So, I'll attack the one that's been injured. Okay, yeah, the bald one. So, that's a 14. That's a hit. Some of damage. What are you using? It's a it's mechanically a long sword, but I'm saying it's a bastard sword, so two-handed. It's a pretty heavy slash to this guy. He takes it after the, the mace thing. His arm is wide open, leaving his sort of his torso uh, open, and it takes a big strike across. There's a, another gallon of blood, and he backs up a little bit. Uh, it's, he's sort of clutching it now. It's an actively sort of bleeding wound. Oh man, I should have cast one of my cantrips. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be a uh, great flame. Okay. I'm trying to get to this now. Scroll in seriously. Page 120, give me a second. Can you, uh, what scroll spell from the side? What, page? what book is it in? What spell do you need? It's the almanac from this one. It's cost damage. Oh, that's for, for one from the Adventurer's Almanac. Uh, the, the, in the hold on, I'm page, on page 80. Give me a second. I was trying so desperately to get there quickly. I'm sorry, guys. We managed to not kill them too fast. Yeah, man. Well, is the one orc still up? Yeah, yeah they're both They're both up. Fuck. I mean, they're half orc. Okay, I, I'm there. Okay. They're big boys. I also call bullshit Please on a quarter. Oh, you're wonderful. You're my favorite. Thank you. You already knew that. Okay, so they're pretty close to me, right? Uh, you, for, for all intents and purposes, this is a theater of the mind style fight, yeah, so yeah. you're all within range of everybody. You know, it's all this sort of like, range. it's this scuffle, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. We're, we're a flash mob who's just like... I mean, that's not a bad comparison. Except people 
people might want you to be there. <laughs> Whatever. I'm just going to take out my um, sword cane and sword, sword out of cane. Yeah, nice. I'm going to take my sword out of my cane and slashy slash. At which one? The one that's injured. Okay. Seventeen. Seventeen to hit. Yes, that is. Mm-hmm. And it's a finesse weapon, so I add dex to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or I add. We my, have a choice. I add yeah. my um, strength or dex. No, I definitely want to use dex. <laughs> <laughs> when people take finesse weapons, that's usually what they want. Yep. I rolled a one two. Uh, yeah. Sec. One six damage. Six damage. It's still pretty good. Okay, pretty good cut as the uh, the bald uh, the bald orc, half orc I should say, is surprised by the appearance of a sword out of the, what he previously mistook as a cane. Uh, Velf. Fuck, that is so going. It's just like pulling it from the back, going down on. I, I guess I'll go with the bald guy. That poor bald guy. The one who's been taking most of it, all of the blows. If he die, then he wouldn't have to take any more of the blows. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. See, we do need a butch lesbian. What's a uh, 23? I miscalculated. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, didn't I didn't expect to start off with some orcs that can take 23 damage and keep Oof. swinging. That is. That's why there's only two of them. I think Lenny's more of a femme for femme lesbian, though, so. That's seven damage. Seven damage, okay. Have to find a way what are you using again? I'm sorry. Great sword. Another sizable cut. This guy is basically bleeding like a stuck pig at this point. He's still up, but he looks like a like a stiff breeze might be able to knock him down. Um, Eisenzahn, you're finally up. Giant hulking scarred. I'm missing these butch lesbian fighters. The spinning really beach ball of death is finally clear. No <laughs> and you're ready to go. <laughs> I will just Reminds me of take out a small little guy. chime. Mm-hmm. I look at the bald man oh, yeah. <laughs> and give it a yeah. soft little ring. He needs to make a wisdom man. save DC 12. He will do so. You're playing an artificer? I'm going to give him nope. advantage. Click. 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 Wisdom says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He rolled that's a 16. Alright. I believe that's no effect. Yep. No effect. If it's a cantrip, yeah. The bald thug appears to be too busy bleeding from almost every <laughs> like possible location to pay attention to the, the ringing of, of, your, of your bell. No. Uh, Death calls, but he's too. Good. Now we're back up to. It's like to, too constant. He can't. He can't even ask for whom the bell tolls. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, C, it's your turn. Christ. Um, I'm gonna flip one of the tokens. Okay. You can do it. See if maybe I. Can I uh, presume you were gonna flip one of your own and not one of mine. I mean, if I had the option. I mean, you can make it harder for yourself. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> So, does a 13 hit? Yes. 
These guys aren't particularly well armored. Well, They've got leathers on. My dice aren't rolling particularly well either. So. All right, that's, that's eleven damage. Eleven damage. Okay. So you have killed this man. Taking his head off. Nice. So the bald man. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> So the bald man, bleeding from like he several deep cuts. Oh yeah, the change on. You fine. strike with your short sword. You see it cut clean across the neck, deep enough so that you can see the weight of his head actually calls the causes the head to fall backwards and essentially rip off of the back and fall. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a piercing uh, weapon, so to he stabbed his head off. I'm okay with that. Uh, you can see Could that through the like side. You can see the other shorter half orc with the patchier hair, clearly horrified, but is now like digging in with his heels, trying to uh, to uh, was he, make was he, things better for himself. Was he the one who resisted the intimidation no. before? Okay, you've been killing. No, he is. Yes, yeah, you've yeah. been killing the guy who was, who was intimidated. <laughs> Oh, oops, we should have gone for the other uh, guy. Oh, Lenny. Well, no. hey, I have he a, went back in the fight. Yeah, I have a problem with Yeah, well, I figured, you know, if we got the other guy, then... And he get... was the one that tried to strike first. <laughs> so how do we make Lenny not... So no, I think he was the one Is that anybody, poked him in the wait, chest. I gotta remember how feeling you. Yeah. Yeah. So you. It's just the one person, right? Yep, one person, 1d4 plus... As a bonus action... I, I will healing word myself. Okay, nice little motivational speech. Yeah. Hmm. D4. You're like, I small, small Japanese fisherman. Talk well to yourself. Talk to yourself. Looking good. Looking good. Don't mind that blood. It's fine. You're good enough. Smart enough. You talk on it. People. It'll come out. It'll come out. I just, I just need some baking soda. So it should be D4 plus your charisma. I get all my hit points back. That is half of my spell slots. (laughs) But. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then that's a bonus action, so I will use my other action to use my Blade Ward cantrip. Okay. Which gives me. Makes it disadvantage to hit you or a target. Um, I get resistance against bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing okay. damage dealt by weapon attacks. Yep. You're durable little gnome. Yep. Seems good. Until the end of my next turn. So. Okay. It Where's is the single balding uh, half orc's turn. Um, seeing intimidated by. <laughs> Uh, sees decapitation of his friend, uh, he will uh, attempt the next best thing and try to beat Oriana. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Beat Oriana, you know, not the person who actually killed the poor sap. That is a, let's see here, a 15 ditch. No. Okay. Takes a swing and misses. Clearly still unsteadied by the horror (laughs) he's just witnessed. Um, Orion, it's actually your turn now. Okay. Repost him. Let's see. I'll return the return the favor, but I'll cl- cast a green flame blade. Okay, sounds good. So I do. That's a blade. that's an eighteen to hit. That definitely hits. Okay. Let's see. Eight. 
So that is eight points of damage, and he is surrounded by green flame. Okay, eight points, and he's surrounded by green flame. Okay, so you strike him, he takes a very clear blow across one of the arms and the upper torso, and then this wreath of flame erupts around him. You can see that the sort of panicked bravery that was in his eyes is now beginning to die down as it's being replaced by the reflection of green flame. Uh, Mal. I will slashy slash. Through the through the wreath of flame, just hope you hit something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, doesn't mean I can't hit him, right? No, yeah. No, 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 if no, he's no. still alive by his term, I hope he decides to run away. No, that's booming blade. Twenty-three hits. No green blade. Yeah. Flame blade is the same thing as if it does fire damage. No green, green does the damage to the it's adjacent fighter. What now? Eleven damage. Eleven damage. Yep. The, the, yeah, the green flame is is. You attack one person, What'd and you then a person within five feet takes I rolled a 23. All right, yeah. So 11 damage to correct. our friend. Ten more than me. So I don't know what you Okay. Yeah. Another yeah. meaty blow. Yeah, booming blade. Some of his meat is a casting ability mod. Velf, you're actually back up. I'm going to encircle him, and then attack him from behind. Okay. Just so he can't expand. You can't really encircle him, because you're one person. You can circle. I can circle. Yes, but trying, you know, to cut off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that. Oh, you're gonna re Okay. Because I don't think ten would hit. The fifteen might. Fifteen does hit. Found the magic. Okay. Okay. I obviously didn't read that spell. So eleven points of damage. Yeah. How much? Eleven. Eleven points of damage. Okay. Uh. You see the blade goes in, basically like cuts a shoulder, like into the shoulder and down. So you can see very clearly that there's this sort of split there. Mm. Um, he is bleeding out. Uh, well, he's very close to bleeding out. He's he's in the same position that his friend was. I'm glad my sword didn't get stuck. I'm like, it did uh, not get uh, stuck. No, uh, Eisenson. I was afraid it's going to Everything's very slow motion and tragic yeah. right now. I, <laughs> I think at this point, he's just going to cast a spell and hold it, and then basically prep an action to cast it on the uh, last remaining guy, should he fall. Okay. Yeah, because the other guy can't really be spared of dying. A little bit. <laughs> See? Rebecca? So even if I don't have dual wielding, if I have two light swords, I can attack with the second one without my you just modifier can't add for the damage, modif- right? Yes. Cool. Yeah, cool. for damage, but you still add the proficiency for uh, attacking. Yeah, the attacking is unchanged. It's the damage that changes or the offhand. Cool. Then I will grab my second short sword, and we'll attack with the first one, because this is the only dice that's been rolling anything. That's 13. That hits. And then... Now you do not add your dueling bonus. No, no, no. And this is just a... For damage. This is or, the first attack. Okay. This isn't. This has nothing to do with the second attack. Uh, that would be... Plus two before. Three, five... Well, yeah. Six, seven. This is human. 
Oh, humanoid, that's right. Okay, do you decapitate this one as well? Uh. No, just right through his throat. Oof. Okay. Short sword through the throat. The guy gurgles, slides off of the blade, collapses to the ground. And now you've got two very dead half-orcs in the streets of Clifftop in front of you. Okay. Let's go. Spell Spare the Dying will pop off. Okay. Is that uh, enough? <laughs> so the wound sort of knits itself a little close. Now that 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 leads to an unconscious, still unconscious figure. Yeah. Yes. It's as if you had succeeded your death save. So you have an intact, uh, balding half-orc next to a very dead, bald half-orc missing a head. The head's a little bit farther down the street, but it's... <laughs> Oh, good. At least one of them can, can actually collect on their, uh... <laughs> collect on what they're owed now. Considering the guy that we're working for, yeah, that is a good thing. I'll slip him a note of where he can find him. <laughs> like... <laughs> oh, Do you oh, have oh, that information, though? Yeah, he, he was in the bar. Tavern. Yeah, he told us to come back to the tavern. Do you have paper? I'd, I'd like... I'd find a way. <laughs> I have paper. I have I have a diplomat's pack, which means mm. I have sheets of paper, an ink pen, and a bottle of ink. Even if I had to like write it in, and the, in the ground. Just, just take some the blood coming out of the, just of like the etch it, just Look, like, I have the material, you can just write chest. a note. No no this is you might miss the piece of paper, but if his face wakes up and his face is, you know, right there. He... I have sealing wax. You can put a stamp on it. <laughs> sealing his face. If it's on his face, you can't see it. Seal it to his note. face. No, I'm saying, you know, lay his face on the ground and the notes on the ground, you know, like put his okay, face. Okay, so we're going to... Back, back to trying just, to find Just something. draw a bloody dick on his face for good measure. <laughs> Like you're hazing him. A dick him. butt. A dick butt. <laughs> okay, so we're looking for a healer. Oh now that we're all covered in blood. Well, you could use some healing. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. You're just mm. chilling. <laughs> okay, so we are going to consume one of my sheets of paper to write some form of a note. Directions. Go to this bar. Ignore, ignore in, the bloody note. Whether we are Read using blood first. or ink, I will leave up to your discretion, but we are using a few paper. Maybe both, as in the case of the <laughs> couple of issues of the Kiss comic that came out in the 80s. <laughs> what? Oh no. It's supposed to have their... I, 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 think it's, I think that was actually an act, a proper fact. They actually put a little bit of blood. Everybody's, all, the, all the members' blood. What the, the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like a very mi- like not enough to just, just like a drop in the hole. A very minute amount and a big fat, you know. Yeah. Snope says it's true. Yeah, yeah. So we need to find you a doctor. We're gonna resurrect the plague. Okay, well we need to find the doctor that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. This will be our excuse, you know, and like, oh, help our friend. Oh That's a good point. They'll open the door at least. Fine. I Can would... I spend a point of fortune to say that I've been up to some of the healers up here before with along with my job? As a librarian? <laughs> As a faction agent for procuring books for the library? Uh, Clifftop's not really a place where I'm finding right. books. I just can't see the, the line of logic there. Okay. 
Well, let's just go find a healer. Okay, uh, let's 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 wrap right there. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? You still no, I just, I'm sorry. I don't. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah.